Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, glad that uh, you are here with us today. Want to say happy Father's Day, first of all. Also, want to say, uh, dads, uh, you do have the opportunity to uh, cast a long shadow, and uh, you get to be a good dad and you get to be a good husband. Hey, maybe uh, when you were growing up, your dad was not uh, the exact role model that you wish uh, maybe he could have been. But that's just uh, maybe the proof that you need to hear of the importance of how important it is to be a good dad and a good husband. And so this is your opportunity to do exactly what God wants you to do and to be the kind of person that God wants you to be. You know, the Bible is filled with stories of good dads and bad dads. That's really good news for us because it gives us an opportunity to see what a legacy of a good dad looks like. It gives us the opportunity to see what the legacy of a bad dad looks like. In 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 34, the Bible says, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Uzziah had done. And then in 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 9, it says, He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father had done. And when you read through the books of Kings and you look at all of these different guys that were leaders and the struggles that they had, and also the, the guys that did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, we can learn from all of them. Scripture is filled with stories of the fact that we need to leave a good legacy with our family. Scripture does teach us and show us the difference between good dads and bad dads, good husbands and bad husbands. I believe that uh, most men desire genuinely to be a good husband, to be a good father. And fortunately for us, the Bible tells us exactly how I want to read for you from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And it says this, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at your home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. To paraphrase that, it simply means wherever you go, whatever you do, impress upon your children how much God loves you and that we are to love him. So what we've said so far is we have a great opportunity to be a good dad and a good husband. And that the Bible says there's a lot of examples of good dads and bad dads, but we want to be a good dad and have a long lasting legacy as a good dad. And then we just read that the Bible tells us to teach our kids as we go through life. So, for example, if you ever hang out with your kids in the garage or in your workshop or whatever, and you have one of these things laying around, this is a great opportunity for you to teach your children because this is something that you use. We know that this is a hammer, right? And we know exactly what a hammer is for, right? And we know that a hammer, uh, it can pull a nail. We know that. 
Uh, how many of you dads, uh, like myself, uh, have used a hammer uh, many times to, uh, to start a car, right? And you climb underneath the car and you're banging on the starter in order to see if that thing is going to turn up. Or you use the, the metal on the hammer and you, you kind of arc it across the solenoid to see if you can jump the car. Anybody else use a hammer to start a car? We know that there are good uses for a hammer. But the truth is, is that uh, uh, the hammer, its real job, we know that the, the real job of a hammer is to drive a nail. And the nail has a point. And the real use of the hammer is to drive home the point, right? Just kind of use it, drive home the point. So we can teach our kids. The hammer is for driving home the point. While we're teaching our kids what the hammer is for, we can also be teaching them, you know what? God has some points that he wants me to drive into you that are important to him. Things like in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5. It says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. We can drive that point home with our kids. Some other points that God wants us to drive home with our family, with our kids, comes right out of the book of Exodus in the Ten Commandments. The first four of the Ten Commandments are all about how much we are to love God and communicate to God that we care about who he is and not worship anything or anyone else. And then the commandments move on from there. In fact, in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 12, it says, honor your father and your mother. That's a great one to drive home with your kids. Don't let your kids talk back to you and be sassy with you. You tell them, God does not want you to act that way. He wants you to respect me as your dad. You teach your children that. And then in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 13, it says, you shall not murder. Well, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus says, don't even let them have a angry, don't, don't let them have a temper. Don't let them throw temper tantrums. That's against what God wants to drive that point home with them. And then in uh, the book of Exodus, and uh, chapter 20, verse 15, it says, you shall not steal. And in verse uh, 16, it says, you shall not lie. And so you teach your kids. If it doesn't belong to you, don't mess with it. You teach them that. You drive those points home. You teach them not to lie. You to make sure that they're telling the truth and make sure that your kids are learning scripture and that you as dad are driving those points home with them. There's a lot of examples of bad dads that didn't do that. We have an opportunity to be a good dad and drive home the points that Jesus wants us to drive home with our kids. So, so far what we have said is, is that the Bible teaches us that as we are going through life, dads, uh, we are to teach our children. We are to love our wives. And that if we happen to be out in the garage and uh, doing some work with the hammer, uh, maybe this is an opportunity to teach them drive the point home. And then we say, God has some things that uh, he wants us to drive home with you. And we teach our kids what uh, God wants our kids to know. We talked about that. Now, here's kind of a thing. Uh, because dads, we tend to uh, uh, overdo things in some ways sometimes. A book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 24 says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. 
And so maybe you've heard the old saying, spare the rod, spoil the child. And maybe you had a dad that kind of lived by that. And sometimes we as dads, uh, we want to drive the point home, but the approach that we take looks a little bit like this. That'll do. Well, there you have it, Dad. Sometimes as dads, <clears throat> the tool of choice for discipline is the eight-pound sledge. When we use that, too often, dads, we know that we have overstepped the bounds. We know. We know. Maybe that was the example that was set for you. Here's what I want you to know. Don't ever be afraid to go and apologize. Don't ever be afraid to go up to your wife or your children and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I didn't handle that well. There are things that we are called by God to teach our children, and we want them to pick up these biblical values and put them in their heart and in their life. But sometimes we overstep, and when we do, we need to own it, and we need to back away from it. There is another approach that we need to be thinking about taking that's a little bit better than the sledgehammer. Maybe a better approach to use is just knowing, you know, my kids are gonna be in my house for 18 years. And so I'm going to take a slow, steady approach to drive home the point. I'm just gonna make a little tap here and make a little tap there. When the opportunity arises, gonna make a little tap. You got 18 years to drive it home. And so you don't need to be in a hurry. You don't need to use a sledgehammer. Take your time. Be patient. Not too long ago, I was um, walking down the street and uh, looked down, and uh, there was a, a divot in the concrete sidewalk. And uh, I stopped, and I noticed it, and I looked up, and there was a place where water was dripping off of an air conditioning unit down onto the sidewalk. Water made a hole through concrete over time. Be slow, be patient, be loving, but be intentional about teaching your kids and loving your spouse in everything that you do. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. There are some things that, uh, there's some points that uh, we as husbands want to drive home with our wives as well. Tim Hawkins is going to help me explain that. I'll watch this video from Tim Hawkins. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. It was meant to be funny. What makes it a little bit funny is the fact that some of that's just real true, right? And uh, we are to uh, absolutely men. Uh, we are to love our wives. Wives, uh, you're to love your husbands as well. In fact, uh, Paul writes about that in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 22. He says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And so, uh, wives, if you love the Lord, that means love your husbands. 
Uh, if you uh, kind of follow after and want to know what the Lord has to say, uh, then we're to do the same thing. You're to do the same thing for your husband. Uh, get up close to him and learn from him or, or ask him, what do you think on this? And there's supposed to be good communication there. Well, uh, the Apostle Paul, he also addresses the guys in the same chapter, Ephesians chapter 5, 22, or excuse me, verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Jesus Christ laid down his life for the church. That's the example. Men, you are to lay down your life for your wife, communicating to her that you love her. Ladies, don't get all up in your man's face and yell at him and be disrespectful to him. Uh, treat him as if you were praying to God and, and that you were talking and having a conversation with God. It would be respectful. Men, you are always to uh, love and be gentle with and respectful to and take care of uh, your, uh, your wife because your children are watching you. They need to be learning how to treat a woman from you. That's what you're called to do. Hey, listen, one last point I want to make. It's kind of fun, but it has a lot of truth. Let's go to the kitchen. Well, man, <clears throat> welcome to the man kitchen. And uh, one more tool that uh, we can use to uh, drive home the point in some ways is... Uh, the man tool of the spatula, right? Uh, what is the spatula used for? It, it's for flipping. It's for flipping. You want you want to flip. You want to flip. You want to flip. Listen, guys. In the book of Acts, chapter two, verse thirty-eight, there were some guys that knew that they needed to flip, and they said, uh, "What do we need to do to be saved?" And uh, Peter tells him, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. The word repent, it uh, kind of means to flip it, uh, turn it around, get her done on the other side, go in the other direction. And so uh, maybe when you're with your kids, you can uh, pull out the spatula, you teach them, if you've done something wrong, flip it, go the other direction. God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. God is the number one dad, and he sent his son to go through miserable things that we might know him personally as our Lord and our Savior. I don't know if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but I can tell you this. Jesus wants to be involved in your life, men. He wants you to bring Jesus into the lives of your children into the lives of your family, and into the relationship that you have with your wife. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, bring God with you through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, go out, maybe get to put one of these to work, and enjoy your day, men.